What's up, everyone? It's Spencer here from Scoped Exposure. And Jessa from Damage Control. And together, we make the host of Through Our Lens podcast. And we are putting together the Scoped five-year fest that's happening here in Calgary. This fest is happening August 26th and 27th in the city of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. We got a ton of great bands who are playing. Uh, we got a bit of a California takeover with Strife, Tsunami, and Scowl. We've also got I Am joining us from Texas along with Ballista. We've got Karma from Chicago, Change from the Northwest, and a ton of other great supporting acts. Tickets can be bought at www.damagecontrol.store. We've got weekend passes as well as single day offerings up there now. You can also find the ticket link in the description of this podcast as well as either of our socials. This is something we've worked on for a long, long time. Get your tickets now and we'll see you there. We rented a cheap car that was like uh, unlimited kilometers. Oh. So we could go like we could literally put like 4,000 kilometers on it and it didn't cost a lot of money. Poutine. P-O-U-T-I-N-E. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. This is another episode of the Scoped Exposure podcast. Um, this episode, for me, means a lot, and it's something that I've been looking forward to ever since it was even in the discussions. It was not on the the radar as far as uh, being able to talk with um, and promote uh, one of in my opinion, one of Canadian or Canada's greatest hardcore bands of all time. Um, it is an absolute pleasure and honor of mine to be welcoming Max of Prowl yes. to the show. Dude, thank you so much <laughs> for coming Thanks. on. Thanks for chatting. inviting me. Absolutely. Um, you know, if if it wasn't clear by that elaborate intro, um, I am a big fan a borderline simp for all things Prowl. And, you know, if anyone that um is uh this is your first time hearing about the band name pause this podcast go listen to the forgotten realms um prowl has a band that is very early in the scoped existence and one of the very first bands outside of just western canada that i was able to uh catch a set of and i think there's just been a lot of good connections between uh not not only max but the entire prowl camp so i'm really excited to be chatting with you today bro yes i'm excited as well yeah. So before we get into the music chats, uh, we have to check some bevs here on the show. So Max, how about you yes. go first as far as what you got beverage wise? I brought uh, Orangina. It's a drink that is very popular here because uh, I'm in France right now. And uh, yeah, like everyone drinks this. It's like a mix of uh, Perrier and like orange juice. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I feel like it's a good mix of two drinks I like. So yeah, that's I, what I brought on the show. I've definitely today. seen that in <laughs> Canada, but it, it seems like yes. that's more of a go-to um, out, out where you're at. Yes, honestly, I've seen it like in Montreal and everything, and I drank it before, but like here, it's like a lot of people have it in their hands. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's the whole thing, you know, 
There was one person that recently commented on a podcast that I did. It was like, I love this podcast, but I can't get behind this whole beverage section. And I had to like, <laughs> I had to like, okay, don't retaliate. Don't do something because it's like a huge icebreaker of the show to be able to talk about like these different things out like that yes. aren't even connected to music in general. But I think just beverage culture in general, you're able to, you know, having something in your hand when you're at a show alcoholic or not is like it's a conversation started like oh what, what is that thing you know and that's anything exactly. from a red bull to an orangina so good pick yes thanks what's yours <laughs> um so i made some uh iced coffee uh this morning so this is the leftovers that i've actually kind of combined it i'm normally like i just drink my coffee black outside of maybe doing like a dirty chai but um we had um, my wife got dark chocolate almond milk and, you know, she was trying to experiment because she's a she's a mocha girl. And I was like, OK, I need to use up some of this because otherwise it's just going to go bad because it's just like, you know, little by little. So it's got yeah. some dark chocolate almond milk and then regular almond milk as well. So it's a little bit of a bougie Fancy. drink as far as. Yeah, coffee <laughs> yes. goes. Um, I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's your normal? Um, well, first off, let me cheers you. Very excited to do yes, this podcast yes, with cheers. you, my friend. <laughs> also, we got the uh, the metal straw, so we're very um, conscious of, of everything. But I was going to ask you, like, you, like what's your <laughs> go-to as far as coffee go? Or are you a coffee person even? Yes. Uh, I mean, uh, I normally drink coffee in the morning. Uh, I normally just... I mean, here I've been drinking just like espresso shot with one sugar. Mm -hmm. uh, that has been my go-to since like I left Canada for vacation yeah and that's I, normally what i drink in montreal as well so yeah i always feel like yeah. i've only had express like just straight up espresso once and i'm like i need to like build this up a little bit but i just don't know if it's like to me drinking a full cup of coffee is like there's such like a, a process to like starting my day and like forming my mind but it feels like anyone that's like just to me, just drinking straight up espresso is just like, I don't have time for that. And I just need the caffeine shot immediately. So <laughs> yes. I don't know if that's true or not. But uh, yeah, it's it's a vibe. I, I, I definitely want to uh, experience that, um, <laughs> you know, depending when when it comes comes. Yeah, France is the placement that experimented. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, again, Max, I'm super excited. Um, uh, there's a, a ton today that I want to talk to you about prowl wise, but you know, I always get any new guest who comes on the show here, um, the opportunity to give a, a bit of context about like how they even got into like hardcore punk, you know, however you yes. want to spin it. So take me back way back in time when little Maxie was yay high and, and tell me some of the formative times for you getting into this style of music. I mean, uh, I when I was very young, like I got into like punk and metal, like very young, um, and then like I mean, yeah, like it definitely transitioned to hardcore. I'd say when I was like fourteen or fifteen, um, yeah, like just a bunch of my friends were like showing me these new bands, and like I remember seeing like my first hardcore show, and I was like, like that's dangerous, but like I really liked it, and I don't know. Uh, since then like i've just shows are like a big part of like my routine i'd say like i'm always going to show and like uh, i'm always stoked to discover like to discover new bands and like 
yeah, I just like to, you know, be a part of what's happening in like my city, let's say, and like just always trying to support like everyone who's doing like hard work and, and yeah, like like I said, like I don't know when I was young, I just got into it, and since then, like I've never stopped going to shows and like going to fest and stuff like that. And then at some point, you know, I wanted to like start my own thing and like having a band and yeah. So I yeah. guess that's a kind of large uh, introduction, but like, yeah, that's pretty much how uh, yeah. I got into it. And before we even get into like starting your own bands, like I, I want to break down every detail. So like when you said, you know, the first show that you're going to and it was like ultra violent was was it like looking back at the time? You're like, yeah, that was just a normal hardcore show. But like to the to the unexposed eye, you were like, oh, this is like the craziest thing. Or was it like, oh, actually, like it was super violent and people were like throwing shit like i just want to know like you know for me yeah it was more like entering in like this new scene or world like in my city that i didn't knew was a thing you know like that i didn't knew like hardcore was what it was so like the first hardcore show i saw i was like okay like this kind of music is absolutely insane the energy they get from the crowd and like yeah, I think I was just mind blown, like, and then I just started, like, digging into it, and, like, yeah, you know how it is, like, uh, just a bunch of friends, like, digging into new bands and, like, sharing it with each other, and, like, um, also, like, we became, like, part of it, this scene at some point, too, like, we just started to talk with older people that were, like, hey, like, we, do you know about all these, like, bands from Montreal that, like, started like that were like the pioneer of like the the montreal hardcore you know and like yeah so like this show was violent but it's not really what stick to my mind it's more like how mind blown i was of like okay so like hardcore music is a thing and like yeah i, I just got very curious about it and right yeah yeah i think the like the interaction between um uh, the band and the crowd is like, you know, like you can go to any rock show or whatever. And it's like, yeah, like people can clap and there's like that kind of participation. But when there's a constant flow between energy, between uh, how a band is performing and then how like people re are reacting to that. And like, ultimately, like some shows are so chaotic and they're so close quarters that like sometimes people are like knocking over mic stands and that like, in any other subgenre, you'd be like, oh, like, how dare those people? But, like, most people in hardcore are like, well, that's just the name of the game. And, like, fuck it. And we'll just keep rolling with it as as we can. Exactly. Exactly. And I felt that this was very, I don't know, nice, beautiful to see, you know? Like, I was like, that's some kind of energy that you, it's hard to find in other style and mm -hmm. music genre. Um, so you were mentioning when you started to, like, like you said, like become a part of the Montreal scene and other, you know, people were like, oh, like, do you know about these other bands that like, in your words, like pioneered the the scene or yeah. things like that? Yes. Um, yeah. Is there any anything just as far as like, that you want to educate people on? Because, you know, it's it's always a funny thing doing scoped exposure where it's like, there are maybe a couple people listening that only know of a few Canadian bands, but like, I love yes. being able to, you know, I I'm remembering when I had uh, Sienna of Gasm on, on the show yes. and they were just talking about like all this history. And, you know, for me, 
it's like I, I see a band like Gasm or, or a band like you guys, and um, that that's the only band that I know. And then it kind of takes those bands to dig a little deeper. So it's kind of the same with Vancouver or Winnipeg or Alberta. Like yes. there's like one initial band that maybe puts the rest of the scene on the map. So I don't know if there's any history or cool things that you can share just about Montreal. Yes, I mean, there's definitely like older hardcore bands that like people need to check out. And I'm sure like people have heard of them before, but like there's plus minus that like is a great uh, Montreal hardcore band. There's like uh, Final Word, there's Enforcers as well. Uh, Yeah, I suggest everyone to go check these bands because they've taught us a lot. (laughs) <laughs> right so um so you're you're getting into this whole space in, in montreal and you're discovering like all like oh like the local scene was like did you grow up playing an instrument or did you like where did you find your spot in like we're gonna get to prowl eventually but where did you find your spot yeah, yeah. and just like actually like oh i can do this for myself now versus i'm just going yeah. to these shows and watching other people do it uh i always played guitar like when i was young so yeah at some point like me and a couple friends were like that had other band as well we were like let's start a project like i was gonna play guitar and like uh we did like one or two shows like it was very cool and like we had fun but it ended up like falling apart because like some like i said some of the members had like bigger bands and stuff like that so like they were more busy with that and like that's perfect. Like at the end of the day, I played guitar in that band and I realized like I wanted to try uh, the vocals, you know. Um, and like I had a metal band like when I was a teenager that I was that I was doing vocals on, you know. Right. Uh, but then that's how like pretty much how Prowl started. I was just like, I want to I want to go back on vocal and like try this out. And yeah, so but I was happy that like I had this other band uh, and we played a couple shows and it just like, it still showed me like, oh, being on a stage, like playing with a bunch of friends, like it's the best thing, you know? So like, I was like, this project is over, but like, you know, it just taught me that like, I want to do this again. So right, that's where like, Prowl came. Yeah. Um, and I, and I feel like a lot yeah. of people can attest that it, it wasn't, if it wasn't for their shitty like first two or, or three bands, like just getting into like the current projects or the, the projects that they would let that people would actually talk about. Like if it wasn't yes. for those early instances, then, you know, like you might have not even like we would not be sitting here today. So I think that's like such a testament to like anyone that maybe hasn't played in a band yet. And they're like, well, how do I even get to that point? It's like all like as soon as you jump into one, then it's just like grabbing whatever vine is closest to you and just like going with that naturally. Cause I don't think it's like, I don't know if people nowadays have this expectation of like zero to hero. Like they're going to put this band together and put out a demo and blow up. But like, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people like there's something to be said about all the people that are in the super awesome bands that they're in now because of like the really, just in the process of like playing shows to like 10 people, 15 people, 30 people and like playing really bad music. <laughs> like, but <laughs> yes. it, it takes that to like, <laughs> it's actually, a part of it. <laughs> it's totally a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I fully agree. And like, uh, that's why like just 
like all, like you said, like these people that just discovered like the hardcore music genre, like it's just start a band, you know, like you got to start somewhere. And like, like you said, there's, you won't put out a demo and like, I mean, maybe, but like you got to work on your stuff and like, that's how like having starting somewhere, like with your first band and then your second one and your third one, like you just know how it works better and like how to do things like, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, like you said, you were starting to play guitar, but like, what was the idea of like rocking the mic? Like what most intrigued you about that? Was it like seeing other really cool vocalists and you're like, Oh, I want to be able to like stick the mic in people's faces or I wanted to where you are doing backup vocals. I kind of want to know some of those things. Yeah. I think uh, the fact that I had done it before, like I was, I think like, I was still missing that feeling of like singing in front of, pe- of people and just like, yeah, being able to rock on stage with my, my friends, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like the fact that I played guitar and I was like, that's cool. But like, I want to try again on the vocal because I feel like that's my place. Uh, I mean, I want to play drum too. And like, it, I'm not, I know it's going to happen one day, but uh, <laughs> like I used to play, but uh, yeah, so I just jumped on the vocal for Prowl, and like also, I feel like we had all the members that were playing like their instrument, and we like even if it like the band was kind of my idea at first, like I like we it was just working like a perfect puzzle because like we had a bass player, guitar player, drum, and I was like I want to do vocals, so like let's just try it and like we'll see what happens with it. Um, so you know, yeah, started uh, writing and playing a couple shows and. Yeah. yeah. So I guess like whenever I think of um, Prowl and, you know, when people are like, you know, because obviously like I'm a big riff head as far as anyone who knows yes. me. And like <laughs> the minute I saw you guys the first time you played Calgary, I was like, OK, this band like I, I can get behind it. Was the idea like was the early inspiration to be that like thrashy and that riff driven like right since day one or did you guys like kind of evolve into that because i remember like the original demo definitely has moments of that but it's definitely to me it feels more hardcore leaning and then i feel like everything after is just riffs so i don't know if you have anything you want to correct the record or share your thoughts on that when it comes to the the genre you guys were trying to play yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, also the fact that it's our first demo, we were like, we definitely like, that was our direct line. We wanted to sound like kind of, like we wanted to sound trash metal, but also have that like hardcore, very present. So I think the first demo is definitely, and I agree with you, like has more hardcore parts and stuff like that. Uh, however, like I said, we were still like new to write like music together. So like it took like some times to find like, our actual sound i'd say mm-hmm. and uh, that's why like we released like the promo the waging war promo like less than a year after the demo because we were like okay we already like we played a, like a lot of shows and stuff in like a short period and i feel like that just helped us uh to find like how we really wanted the sound um so yeah we released these two songs and then we were like okay like now we have something that like we have something that we're like okay that's how we want it. we want it to sound right uh and then 
you know, we always like to work on our stuff and like always work on our tones and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I feel like with the promo, we really found like where we wanted to go. And I feel like with the album that we just released, like we just pushed it and we got a lot of feedback that people were like, like you guys sound like this live. And I like, and I was like, that's what I want to hear. You know, I want people to listen to the LP and be like, that's how they sound live. Mm. Um, so hopefully that, that, that reflect on our live performance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. I remember, um, there's very few, there was one moment where I saw balance and composure, um, live. And I remember I, I, I was like standing in the room and I closed my eyes and I was like, this is exactly how this band sounds recorded. And it was almost like this very, like, not like spiritual, but it just was this weird connection where it's like, you know, when you see any other band of any genre and there is that just like extra live component, it's not like it's jarring, but it's just like this what it is. But if it feels I feel like it's almost like a, a super high compliment to be able to like you guys sound live exactly how it is recorded, because then, you know, there's like nothing to hide on that front. Exactly. And uh, yeah, so I'm very happy to hear all these feedbacks you know yeah so um yeah and and i totally agree like the the two song promos like the i think the first song that i heard from proud was memento of death like the first track of that with the music video and i was just yes. like you know it's kind of this this song that's long but like it's one of those songs that it's like the first part is almost like an intro it could be its own intro before the actual song kicks in and um yes. and yeah so i was really hyped on that um so let's fast forward a little bit. You know, you guys put that out. Um, and and like I said, like Prowl's a band that like came through Calgary not once but twice. And I feel like there are certain bands within the lore of just like the scene here where when they're making that far of a jaunt, you know, you guys are coming all the way from Montreal all the way over to Alberta. Like we really welcome and like, try to make those bands feel at home. So I don't know if there's any stories or funny things that you can share as far as like, well, even just the why of like being able to, to go out that far of a way just to play, you know, some, uh, a couple shows. I know there's, there's been some tours in the mix, but yeah. Why was coming out this way? Like so intriguing to you guys at the time? Honestly, uh, I feel like Prowl, like we've always, like when we had like crazy offers or stuff like that, we were always like, okay, how can we make this work? You know, mm -hmm. we always wanted to like, I don't know when people were like, oh, you want to come play like this fest at the other side of the country? We're like, okay, that's kind of far, but like, let's see what we can do. And like, we were always like being like, okay, so like we should go because of this and we shouldn't because of that. But like at the end of the day, we just really wanted to push the band and like, we wanted to take as much opportunity as we could. And like, I don't know, we just made great friends through the way, you know, uh, like coming to Calgary, like the first time was like you said, we really felt like home. Like I remember we played and like, we were all like, I don't know. It just felt very good to see everyone like having a lot of fun. And it was like our first time there, you know. Uh, so, and when we came back, like we, it was just so nice to see like all the familiar faces and like, ha like being able to play twice, like in Calgary, like we just felt really grateful and like 
like I said, when we got invited to the first, like to our first show over there, um, we just flew and we were like, we got to do this, you know, like we're going to meet a bunch of people. And like, that's how, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, that's pretty much, we just like all agree that it was a good idea and that it would be good for the band too. So we were like, let's rock and let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's wild. Cause I think like even, even in, I was just listening to uh, the latest, uh, axe to grind episode where they were like recapping a lot of things from um from sound and fury fest that just happened a few weeks ago yes and they were talking about the the speed set and like you know f- speed good friends of the show i love all those dudes um like just the whole aspect of like a band traveling from like the other side of the world and you know it's it's playing a big festival but there's like other shows that they were playing there is yeah. like an element of risk like you're playing in an entirely new like territory like you people might not show up so it's like kind of the same thing with you guys coming over here i know endgame like went out to toronto for our first time in december and we kind of realized coming back of like man like i think we got like really you know we did what we could do but there's still an element of luck and being able to just like enter a scene at the right time and yeah there's an there's always a risk where you know maybe people are not going to come through maybe people don't buy merch in that city but it seemed like you guys had a really good experience here and then it was like a no-brainer when 2018 like rolled around and i could definitely see all the fans that you know maybe went to go check you guys out at the 2017 fest to the 2018 we're like we're here for prow you know like there's a difference <laughs> yes. of like i'm gonna go check out this band versus like i'm here for this band yeah like uh i don't know calgary has always been very good to us like uh crowd wise too like there's always a bunch of people who show up and like uh, i'm so happy that like we connected with like west of canada and like it's also so fun to see familiar faces in the crowd and like talking to people online and being like yeah we'll see each other at this fest like in a couple months and yeah like being able to actually share our music with like the people over there was like yeah kind of a dream come true you know what i mean like i mean yeah, just good times and like good vibes. Yeah. So yeah, we definitely miss Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope that you guys can can make it out here um, in the next you know year or so. And I feel like this is almost like a not a selfish thing, but I I have to give you maybe some roses because I think like I you know I I was playing in some thrash bands before I moved to Calgary, and you know that genre of music has always been like you know, at the back of my mind and like something that I naturally write as as my own musician. But I think seeing how Prowl's type of music like just did out here and then, you know, not seeing you guys here for so long and then you had pandemic time, it was I feel like almost some of that was maybe a subtle influence into like me starting Endgame because I was like, well, if Prowl's not going to be bad anymore, I want to write or try to write something that's like even like <laughs> remotely close to that. Um, and, I, and I feel like our own stylistic choices have evolved. So it's like, you know, I feel as though I as much thrash stuff as I push, there's still naturally things that come out a little bit more like 
traditional hardcore like you know people have compared us to trapped under ice or incendiary or 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 bands like that but they they can't deny that there's like a subtle undertone of like that i just want to be a thrash band at all times uh but yeah (laughs) i'm glad to hear that (laughs) yeah no it's uh it's wild and and yeah i i definitely remember you know when the two song promo came out it was just on like constant repeat and uh yeah it's it's it was so cool I remember vividly like editing the 2018 Prowl Wadra set and just like that moment when uh, that circle pit opened up, like just like just the energy of the room was just so infectious. Yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, before we get into maybe the the Prowl break uh, and then getting into the new album, you know, and, and this is off of the the notion of like just getting a cool opportunity and is as much of it, it doesn't make logistical sense as far as like being so far away from where you guys are at. You're so gung ho of like, let's figure this out. Like, it seems like yes, L- it LDB is. 2019 was like a similar thing of that where like you guys didn't like plan a tour. You're just like, we're just going for the show. And, and, and was that just off of a similar mindset? Yes, uh, I'd say like some friends of ours like uh, reached out to us and were like, hey, would probably be interested in like coming to play LDB in Louisville. And like we like it's pretty much the same thing, you know, like we we had toured the States like uh, a couple months before that for like a week. Uh, and it was kind of hard for us to be like, OK, let's take like a two weeks off and go there. Uh, so we were just like, OK, like let's plan this and let's just drive to the fest and because uh, like we were like this is going to be amazing this is going to be a great weekend like we have the opportunity to go play uh in louisville and like we had our visas at the time too so it was not like that big of a deal to cross the borders let's say sure yeah yeah but like what we pretty much did was just we rented a cheap car that was like uh unlimited kilometers oh so we could go like we could literally put like four thousand kilometers on it and it didn't cost a lot of money so we just had to drive but like honestly it was so worth it to see everyone and like like i said we always consider every opportunity and like try to do as much as we can so yeah yeah like i that's something that i i feel like my current bands are currently in the mix of where it's like yeah we we're very fortunate to get any opportunity but like i really believe in the like just making it work because in five years time you're going to be looking back on that like man i'm so happy that we did that i'm so happy that we like did that thing whether the show was you know hype or not it's like such a cool thing to like plan those opportunities uh when when they come their way because you know it doesn't need to (laughs) it doesn't need to make sense because at the end of the day hardcore as a whole almost doesn't make sense it's like this very weird type of music that all these people are coming from all over the world to to go and see so like you know if if you're in a if anyone listening who's like in a band and like gets an opportunity but it's like on the other side of the world like sometimes you do need to pick your battles of like you know, this is a week away and we don't have visas and like, is this actually worth it? But like when, when things do land, um, on your radar and that you can actually make it work, like you got like 
it's worth to fight to make it work. Yeah, like you got to take some risk. Like obviously sometimes you're going to hit walls, but like at the end of the day, like this still makes good memories. So like, <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, great memories and great friendships that like, you know, last a lifetime. Um, exactly. So, so you guys do LDB. Um, it's like early 2019. Um, and then like not a, a lot happens the rest of that year. And then, you know, pandemic hits. And like, I think the pandemic to me has shown it, it's not been like a hardcore reset, but there it's been really interesting to watch different people who are either playing in so-and-so band and then they start a side project band and then that side project band gets bigger than the other band and then that band's like yes. just taking over the world. And then some bands just naturally like fizzle out um, just due to, you know, the the current state of whatever but like other people are doing other projects so i think with seeing some of those shifts and not seeing anything really happen on the prowl side i was like nervous a little bit i'm like no prowl can't be one of the bands that that suffers because of the pandemic but yeah i don't know i'm sure you have talked about this endlessly as far as like what you guys were up to over those three years but like like what what was the approach for you guys of like, okay, well, this is the time that we have, we do have new music, like, let's not rush anything. Like, talk to me about that. Yeah, I think, because uh, like, yeah, after LDB, like we played a couple shows and then we had like a little tour plan and then COVID hits. Mm -hmm. So basically like, I'll, I'd say like the LP was pretty much all recorded when, uh, not recorded, was all written when COVID hits. Uh, we had like the eight tracks pretty much set up and, and like everything was like pretty much ready to go uh, to go in the studio, you know. So then COVID hits and like there's and probably like there's two people that lives in Rimouski and two people that lives in Montreal. So like that's still five hours away. So like when like it was very bad, like we couldn't really see each other the first couple months and stuff. And um, we were like, we'll just see how things go uh and then we were like okay like we have this these songs that are ready we should just go in studio record them and like we have time on our hands to work on it. you know like we're not rushed so that's pretty much what we did uh we recorded everything in Rimouski and uh so like I went there a couple times like to do my vocals and stuff and like uh, yeah I was just going there like like to spend like a week with Mark and Bea and then we would like record the the whole thing uh and it's cool because like that also gave us time to like mix the whole thing over there and like master and stuff mm. so yeah like we just took this period of time that like we didn't really know what would happen to make sure we would like when everything would be like pretty much you know i mean it's, it's like chill now uh that we would have something ready to go you know Right. Um, yeah. So we were just like, there's no way we didn't want to release the album without being able to play shows. Uh, so that's why we really waited to make sure that like, okay, it's fine. Like we can book shows and like, they won't get canceled in two weeks, you know? So <laughs> right, like, right. But I also feel like for like, for our scene in Montreal, like the, pandemic was like i feel like now there's so many people in like local shows which is amazing to see so i feel like 
if there's one good thing that like COVID brought like to Montreal, I'd say that like this local scene right now is very, very strong. So mm-hmm. like, new bands and like new people and like, yeah. So it's amazing to see, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that whole idea, you know, some bands ha- were dealt the hand that they had a record and they were contract, like they were obligated to put it out, you know, peak 2020 or whatever it was and i definitely think that like once shows returned and i was seeing those bands you know do their you know record release shows that were like almost a year after like people were still showing up people were still going off for those songs they didn't feel like old material um but yeah like it was naturally like a lot of bands were like we don't and and especially in canada because our like you know lockdown time was just extended so far and you know mm-hmm. it was like a lot more conservative as far as like okay now we can go and do these things without like you said like two weeks later the the show was shut down or the day of or whatever so exactly um yeah like i i definitely understand that especially when you're putting that much work into you know your next release or a big body of work like that um so yeah it was I think that 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 notion that you mentioned as far as like, you know, if there's anything good that things have come out of this whole thing is that like there's tons of new kids that shows that like we're just finding out about hardcore through watching videos at home. Um, there's tons of new bands that, like again, it's not like hardcore has been reset, but I feel like there was just a lot of things that people were put on pause for good reason and and maybe actually just like looked in the mirror a little bit more of like, what do I actually want to do musically? And, you know, some people started side project bands. And then, like I said, those have just become bigger and they've quit their old bands and some record labels have popped up. Some have gone away. So, yeah, it's just it's just been really interesting to see all those things. Um, so going back to Prowl. So it's coming up that it's like, OK, like we have this record. It's done. And, you know, you're starting to plan these things. Was there was there ever a point where you were like, because I, I'm sure you've had myself and a lot of other people being like, when is the new music coming? But then, like, was there <laughs> a, a point where you're like, oh, like, are, are people going to care? Like, are we going to have the same level of people listening to this as, you know, the first promo? Like, was there a little bit of nervousness around that for you? Yes, definitely, because, like, we haven't been active for two years, and, like, but it's funny, because for us, like, we were really working in the back, you know, like, mm-hmm. working on the album and everything, so I feel like for us, we, like, obviously, like, when we were about to release the album, we were, like, we're doing it because, like, you know, we really want to put it out, and, like, we're proud of, like, what we recorded and everything, what we wrote, uh, but, yes, definitely, we're, like, are people going to still care about Prowl? Like, we'll see. At the end of the day, like we're doing it because we like to play music together and write music and, you know, just put stuff out. So we were like, we'll see how people react to it. And, and like, yeah, because I remember like saying on Twitter, like in 2020, like, yeah, new music is coming out this year just before COVID hits. And that was kind of a lie. But, <laughs> yeah. Like I was seeing it and I was like, damn, it's like literally two years later. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever um so yeah we were definitely like we haven't done anything for two years but we'll put it out and like we'll see what's up and yeah 
Yeah, it was uh it was funny when I was prepping for this uh this podcast. Uh, it was like the the posts before hey new LP out, you know, July like this date was in 2020 when you're like, "Hey, we're doing these shows with Purgatory and, and Cold Shoulder." And then it was like 2020 and it was like nothing. Um but I yeah, know. it was uh <laughs> but I think all of those things considered Two, two things to me come to mind. The first is like bands of any kind need to understand that like if they're not doing stuff like it, it shouldn't be about like shitting on people that are like popping underneath you or, or things like that. Like hardcore is almost like just ebbs and flows so much that you kind of need to like get out of the way at times to let the other bands or the other booking people yes. or or whatever to like go and that doesn't mean that you take a step down it's just like you're just allowing that band to like have the natural trajectory trajectory at the same time i think that there's a lot of bands that just like they they're kind of like a a side like a sleeping dragon where they just like you don't really hear from them for a little bit like i think candy is like a great example of that where like mm. they like arguably weren't really up to a whole lot in the last year or so and then they just came back with this like killer record and you know headlining shit and people are just so hyped on them so i think that there's something to be said about bands that can just be like we're respectfully just like staying silent and working in the background like you said but we're also not like you know just trying to be shitty to like the bands that are just currently doing shit at the when we're not doing shit if that makes sense Yes, that totally makes sense. And I've always had that vision too. It's like, you got to come with new stuff and go and come and like, oh, here's a new tour and like be silent for a month or two and like, here's whatever. And always like keep, I mean, I was all about to say, always keep giving some stuff to people, but we haven't been given anything for the last two years. So I won't say that. But yeah, I feel like you're totally right with like, kind of, being very active and taking a little break. And then I feel like that's just how things are going for us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think in some of my past bands, I was so concerned about like, Oh, I got to post like once a week. So people don't forget about us. But like you put out a new song and then like, it's like, you're the only band that people talk about for that week. Right. So there, mm -hmm. there's a natural way of being able to like have a release and have that like, in the conversation so to speak um but like at times it's totally cool just to drop something and then be like yeah we'll let you know when we have a show and and, and that's it so um <laughs> yes. so yeah you guys like drop the you know initial announcement and and i think the coolest thing to me as a fan of your band is like you guys dropped it you put out the record and now it feels like Prowl is just like as busy as you guys have ever been. Like you're over about to start a huge tour in Europe. You had like multiple release shows, like, you know, other opportunities are making their way. So like, was that very intentional to have it where it's like, okay, when we're coming back, we're going to be back. Or were people just so excited to see you guys back that like so many things started to hit your plate? I mean, I think like definitely the whole, the main goal was just like, honestly, we're going to announce like two weeks prior to the release of the album. Like, hey, we have a new album coming in two weeks. Everything is ready. Like, yeah, we just wanted to give every, like, I mean, people waited for a long time too, since like, 
like you know because we were supposed to release that earlier but mm -hmm. so we were just like let's drop the whole album and like we'll give hate new songs to everyone and, and we'll see like what happens after you know like uh, we we had we we worked on like the euro tour like before uh announcing the album and everything right yeah like, that wasn't like oh let's book time. a europe tour in two months you know i'm sure that's been in the way exactly for a long time. <laughs> We were just like, look, we're going to release the album, have release show, and then we're going to fly over there, tour for like two weeks uh, with Just Ice, and then we're going to come back and like, obviously like a bunch of city like in Quebec were like, hey, you guys need to come. Like, uh, so like there's Quebec City, there's also city like a little bit more up north, like even Ontario. Uh, so yeah, like uh, when we'll be back in September, we're definitely going to play a bunch of show around that Montreal. Right. Uh, yeah, but I think like just the pieces went perfectly together. Like the tour, the release, and like everyone seemed to still is still care about Pro. So that's good. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. So yeah, those initial release shows when the album dropped, you know, you played in like Montreal, Ramuski, and a, a couple other places. Like which which of those was your favorite? And, and and were there any specific moments from that show that you felt like, um, you know, just like really um, psyched as far as like whether it was like, you know, a response from the crowd or like certain people saying to you things like after your set, like anything that comes to mind there? Yeah, honestly, definitely the show in Montreal. Like both shows were amazing, but like, you know, Montreal is like my hometown. And like uh, there was just, so many faces, so many friends, like family, so many people that we haven't seen in so long. And I was just like, this is an amazing night. And like, uh, yeah, definitely the reaction from the crowd, like when we played, uh, I don't know, I just turned around and I was like, yo, like everyone's moving. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the room is packed and like everyone is like, you know, feeling it, I feel like, or like vibing or mm -hmm. like dancing or whatever uh so yeah definitely like we couldn't ask for like a better like that was literally our first show in like two years and a half or something so like we definitely we were not maybe not stressed but like we were like yo like we haven't done this in a long time like obviously like we practiced a bunch and stuff but like mm -hmm. we were like yo like it's back like playing shows is back so yeah we just had an amazing time yeah uh, I remember vividly, um, I think it was after we dropped the Prowl Wild Rose 2018 set. Um, it was either after your set or after we dropped the video of it where you were just talking like, you're a very like energetic front person. So you're like just bouncing all over the place. You're grabbing the fucking mic stand and like throwing it around. And something <laughs> you said to me was so funny that you're like, I don't really think about what I'm going to do while I'm you know, on stage, I'm just doing it. So like, was that just an early mantra of yours or were there like specific vocalists and different people that just had that energy level originally that you wanted to replicate? No, honestly, I feel like when I'm on stage, I'm just, we're just do like, I don't know. Like it's, it's also like as a band, we're just doing what we have to do. And I don't know. I just don't think about it. I just, it's how I feel it. And yeah, just being on stage with like 
my friends and like playing music together and sharing this moment of like giving like some energy to the crowd and like receiving energy back and like I don't know I feel like I just don't think of anything and it just goes so fast from the first note to the last one but I'm just in the zone you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah like there's been very every time I play it's like I kind of have a moment where I realize oh there's like two songs left and I feel like we just started you know like it's just it flies by um so also at the time of dropping this episode um i i'm it's gonna it's very intentional for me to drop this episode right after the announcement that you guys will uh have been added to hold your ground fest which is happening uh just second week of september and the minute that i caught wind of that uh i was just over the moon because again like huge prowl fan and the fact that i would get to see you guys uh so soon and and play with you uh let alone film yes. is uh is very exciting so i don't know if there's any you know anything that you want to share there uh as far as how that came to be i mean uh yeah like we started talking with kyle and like we obviously knew that like this fest was happening like in ontario and like there's n- like in the east there's no there's not a lot of big hardcore fests and stuff like that too. And I, we were just like, the lineup is tight. Like all the bands are sick. Uh, and then we started talking about it, about us like maybe being added to it. And then it just ended up working out. So we were like very happy because like right before COVID, we were supposed to go in Ontario as well. And like all the shows got canceled. So we were like, cool, we'll finally be back and we'll play with a bunch of friends that we haven't seen in so long. And like, I don't know like that's gonna be sick you know like we're so pumped for that yeah i'm i'm almost a little nervous now to like have to have mark watch me riff because i look (laughs) at him as such like a riff god so no i'm very excited uh just to see y'all rock and just be able to do that there's there's probably gonna be some moments where i have to hand off my camera just so i can fucking like you know just mob out for some some of the the (laughs) new shit but yeah it's it's very cool to see y'all get um added to arguably what i think one of the coolest canadian festivals to happen this year yes definitely Mm -hmm. um yeah like i guess like even before like you said that there was um the original thought like the the last thing uh that got canceled when when the COVID happened was like your your run through ontario like you guys have played ontario a, a few times even before that though right Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we played uh, Toronto a couple times. We played uh, London. We played, yeah, that's pretty much. We played Ottawa a couple times as well. Right. Uh, yeah. Always had a good time in Ontario. Yeah. Yeah. And like the the driving between Montreal to Toronto, like it's a it's a jump, but it's not like too, too bad when it comes to. It's like six hours. So like, yeah, okay. it's pretty chill yeah we've done the worst it's so funny as canadians we're like yeah six hours totally fine and then all the american listeners are like wait more than an hour to drive somewhere i'm not going there (laughs) no for real like that's why i'm happy to be here like all the places we're playing are like a couple hours away from each other like there's some that are like more than four but like most of them are between like two and four hours and i'm like right blessed (laughs) blessed 
um i feel like that's a great segue so like like you said you you're you guys this episode will be dropping when you're in the midst of your your euro tour so like how like well it hasn't even started yet but like what it, it's it's interesting because when mark came on just ice was like a band that was often going to europe and um so like like what what are you most excited about being back there um playing prowl music I feel like it's going to be a complete new experience because like we went in the United States, we toured Canada as well. So I feel like just being in different countries, like with Just Ice and Prowl, like it's going to be amazing. I'm very looking forward to it and just playing in places we never went. And I don't know, I know we'll make a bunch of friends and speak to a bunch of new people and like meet a bunch of people as well. So eat good things. So, you know. Living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite thing to eat on tour? Oh my god, we haven't done, we haven't toured in so long. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I feel like when we were touring, like I was just coffee. I mean, when we tour, I don't always drink coffee, but like I eat a bunch of fruits. Uh, I feel that's what keeps me alive on tour: fruits, water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. That's pretty much uh, what I try to always eat. Like try obviously to be a there's healthy boy. meal, but yeah. yeah, I try to. Like obviously, sometimes you gotta cheat and eat uh, other things, you know. But uh, yeah, I try to eat as good as I can on tour. But yeah. I feel like this Euro tour is gonna be bread, cheese, and wine. I'm gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe some fruit in between there maybe some grapes yeah yeah definitely definitely some fruits yeah but uh yeah <laughs> yeah when uh when endgame we just did a, a really short run we went out to victorian back and i definitely did not you know being the first tour it's like oh i definitely learned what not to do as far as taking care of myself so i came back pretty destroyed as far as like lack of sleep not <laughs> eating the right things but uh yeah fruit i need to just intro more fruit into uh when i'm playing shows on the road for sure yeah in the morning like apple banana orange like yeah yeah that's my go-to yeah most things that you don't need to like refrigerate or anything they can just be chilling exactly yeah yeah um <laughs> so yeah like is there anything else that you want to say on the on the europe tour because you know I'll, I'll probably be dropping this like very early in it so like if if there's any specific shows that you're like most excited about or like certain places or bands that you're excited to play with honestly uh like i never toured europe it's literally my first time in europe so like i'm just excited to play like i mean we're playing in like paris we're playing in like uh we're playing a bunch of cities in the netherlands uh and we're going to belgium as well so you know honestly all the shows i'm like i'm excited to see what it's going to be you know? mm -hmm. uh but i know we're playing like this fest called triple six fest uh and i'm pretty sure this is going to be a sick one so i'm definitely excited for that yeah. yeah um you know something that came up on on mark's podcast and i i re-listened to it today just to prep for this but you know him talking about like um you know french being his primary i think when we started the podcast he's like i haven't spoken to someone 
because this is like kind of tail end of uh, of COVID. He's like, I haven't spoken to someone in English in almost two years at this point. <laughs> so like, is that something that um, just, you know, even just like going through the airport and some of those things, just having the extra like language on your side, has that like proven like really easy with like, you know, getting around or even just talking with like local people? Yeah, definitely. I feel like... Uh... Like, obviously, there's a bunch of people who speak French in, in France. Yeah. Right. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, it's definitely, like, sometimes they're, they have a hard time understanding my Quebec accent, though. Oh. Uh, so I got to take, like, more of a French accent, which is very funny. Or, like, you know how we all, like, French people from Quebec, we use a lot of words in English. Yes. Uh, so sometimes I'm just going to say a word in English, and they're like, oh, you're from Quebec. <laughs> it's I like know a- I speak French, but there's a little... English in it, and they're like, "You're from Quebec," right, right away. But, so you almost like lose no, honestly, like uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. But uh, no, it's funny. Like, uh, yeah, I'm happy I can like uh, speak French and English. You know? yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh yeah. I, I never even thought even just the 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 Quebec accent um, would would even be something that someone over there would snuff out really easily. Oh yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you get upset when people say poutine versus poutine? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no I, worries. <laughs> I was on a podcast where someone was asking about my favorite Canadian food, and I said, um, "In Calgary, there's poutine. like breakfast poutine or poutine." Yeah, and I was like. I don't, I don't know if people who are French and I knew that we had this coming off. So I'm like, maybe I should ask Max how he feels about that. <laughs> no, no worries. You're good. <laughs> is, is that a stereotype that like, Oh, if you're from Montreal or like anywhere over there that you have to like, you know, poutine or even like, you know, do that. Or is that like, I never really heard that. I'll be honest. I don't know. So. It's like, that's where that's, that's, you know, it's almost like if you're going to, um, like if you're going to Philadelphia, you're going to get a Philly cheesesteak or whatever. Like, but I'm sure some people there, it's like, yeah, it's good. But like, there's other good shit here as well. So I don't know if that's <laughs> a similar thing. No, I feel like poutine is definitely a, a good Montreal thing. But like, uh, yeah, like, uh, honestly, all the bands that come through, they're always like, where can I find like good poutine? You know? <laughs> right. And I'm like... Yes, you're in the right place, my friend. You're in the right, you're in the right place. Uh, yeah, honestly, like, I know there's cuisine in Toronto and stuff, but, like, you got to get a Montreal one. Yeah. What What do you think is, like, the, the, the silver bullet as far as, like, what makes, like, really good Montreal poutine? Like, is it a certain ingredient or just, like, a way that one of the things is done? Like, give give someone who's never had poutine like the right guide when they're looking when they're oh my god um the thing is that there's i don't have like one poutine style that i like like obviously like classic poutine but like i like sometimes like the fries are more crispy or no but like i'd say like my like the fries has to be very greasy obviously Mm -hmm. um so fries are greasy the cheese gotta be like room temperature not like too cold uh so it really melts or when not you put like the sauce on. not like just melting the minute that you open it up like it's got to be exactly in between. okay yes 
And uh, you got to find a place where they also put fries, cheese, fries, and cheese. Not Because like otherwise, all you eat all the cheese at the top, and then there's nothing at the bottom. Oh, okay. So, so gotta you find... You got to know what I mean? Like a lasagna almost. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you got to find a, a spot where they do it like that, which is the hardest part, but I can guide you. <laughs> um, I know uh, when I had Jay from Mindforce on, I know he's a big pizza guy, and he told me yeah. about some some bad pizza experiences. So because we're on this topic of poutine, what's the worst poutine experience you've ever had? Oh, my God. So I remember... Like, uh, when I was way younger, like after shows, we were always going to eat poutine and we were going in that place where you can really customize your poutine, oh, okay. which was definitely not always good ideas. <laughs> uh, so I remember, I don't know how we ended up ordering this, but we had a poutine. The fries were like kind of mashed potatoes. And it was like, there was like pogo uh, pieces in it. You know, pogo, like, uh, oh, like the sausage with like the... Oh, like corn dogs. Yes, exactly. Corn, corn dogs. Yeah. My bad. Uh, corn dogs in it. Like, obviously, so it's mashed potatoes, cheese, gravy, hot dog pieces, uh, corn dog pieces. And there was two eggs on top. Like sunny side up eggs on top of the poutine. Wow. Yeah, that was... I saw that. I was like, damn, that's like something. I tried it. And yeah, I don't have good memories of it. So like, <laughs> it's funny that yeah. you, it's like a build your own poutine. Cause like any place that has that like subway style thing where it's like, oh, you could do whatever you want. Like, like it's such a weird thing because then it's like totally on you if your food sucks versus like yo you're the experts write a fucking recipe and like let me order that cool sounding thing versus like i don't know like as someone like one of my early jobs growing up was i worked at a subway and i'm like you're the weirdest combo of meats and just weird sauces i'm like there's no way that this this tastes good but like don't get mad yeah. at me and ask for your money back when it you know tastes like ass exactly that's why i'm saying now People got to get classic poutine, and I'm definitely on that team. Yes. Uh, but we've been young, and we tried a bunch of stuff. So Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, very cool. So uh, let's talk about the new album. So Forgotten, yeah. um, Forgotten Realms, um, eight songs. Is that what you said? Yes. Yes, yes. So, and w only one of those um, was ever played live to a degree i was talking with jordan who who is the producer of the show and he was like when and he, this was his words he was like when i was listening to it i was like oh man of fire that's that's out right but like you guys have only played that song live but everything is brand spanking new as far as like releasing wise is that right we played uh, the first one and the second one in, uh, in LDB, at LDB. Actually. Oh, okay. You played the second yes. song. Okay. I feel like that's why the, the first one, like the, it really caught people ears because I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of an intro too and it's really sounds like a battle. I don't know. But uh, yeah, we played the first one and the second one on the album live like a handful of times. Okay. Men of Fire has been played... 
uh, a little bit more, but we never released it like on any album or whatever. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, other than that, it's like all just brand new prowl music that just sounds like battle, you know, music as you said. Um, <laughs> when when it came to writing the lyrics and all that, like. Is there kind of like a constant theme song to song or are they all kind of individual? Like talk to me about some of the, the lyrical directions that you took with it. Yes. Uh, so I'd say like how the LP was written. It's like there's a couple of songs that like are like kind of a kind of a history altogether. And there's some other songs that are like specific story like men of fire is not related to any other songs it's just it's like i don't know how to say that but like it's like it's it's a size his own exactly has like his own yeah story or like it, i'm pretty much you know like uh yeah and like the merchant of bones it's a little bit the same like it's it doesn't really it's not really related to any of the other songs Mm -hmm. uh but yeah so like honestly it's cool that i had like a lot of time on my hands to write it and like i'm really into these like medieval themes and like all this stuff and like battles and like uh yeah so i just wrote the whole thing and yeah like i had a good time writing uh, the lyrics mm -hmm. yeah w was there any specific song uh that was like really difficult for you to write and, and a specific reason why whether it was like the meaning or just like the flow musically like just you were having writer's block to a degree uh i'd say rune fortification was uh took me a long time to write uh i don't know for there's no really specific reason i just it gave me a hard time uh but sometimes it's good you know like you got to work on your things and make sure that like you're satisfied at the end of what you wrote and stuff. So yeah, it took me a while to write, but like, uh, I'm happy with it now. Yeah. yeah. Has there, has there ever been a time even with past music where you've written something and it just hasn't felt right. And then you've like completely scrapped it and started, started over. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, but there's always words that I like and normally that I that I'm going to use them anyway. But uh, yeah, I mean, it happens that sometimes I write something and I'm like, okay, no, like doesn't make sense or whatever. And I right. just start again. Yeah, yeah. What are Max's top three lyric, lyrical words that you've used time and time again? What are the, like the three words that you always seem to be a go-to for you? Oh my God, that's a hard one. Um... <laughs> uh, on the spot like that, I'd say, oh my God. I mean, obviously the word battle comes back a couple times in the album. Okay. Uh, I like swerves. I like... You like swears? No, swerves. Swerves. Like, uh, oh, swords. Swerve. Okay. <laughs> swords, sorry. Yeah, my bad. No, that's fine. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sure a lot of people listening like Oops. swears in their music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for clarifying it. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I like fire, I like minds, like, uh, yeah, minds and minds, mm -hmm. like two different words, but I like these two, and yeah, 
yeah. bones. I don't know. Bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely a lot of medieval things when it comes to things yes. you find on the battlefield. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> um, since we're on the topic of you know medieval things, what's your like? Where do you take inspiration from? Are you like watching medieval movies? Are you watching like? you know, like reading comics, like, is there any specific thing within that uh, world of influence for you that you like, do you, that you think is really prevalent on, um, on Prowl as a, as a band? I mean, obviously, like, I get my ideas from things I see, but like, to be honest, it's more just coming from my head. Like, uh, I just put myself in this mood and I always, feel like it's like the medieval medieval times is very interesting to me and like just from like looking at pictures and stuff and like uh, what like kind of medieval weapons and stuff and like I just get a bunch of ideas and can like after I just gotta like make sure they work together in my head but like that's pretty just that's that's pretty much how I like I put myself in like this mood of writing right medieval lyrics yeah <laughs> Yeah, so you're not watching like a specific movie and you're like, oh, now I'm like super inspired. You're just like the whole just era and all of that just like is, you know, something that like is is always on is always on your mind, it sounds like. Yes, exactly. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, okay, Max, well, we're heading towards the end of the podcast here. Um, obviously, like we've hit on a lot of stuff with the new record and yeah, I'm I'm yes. just again overjoyed that Prowl is back and and you know just rocking as hard as ever. Thanks. Um, you know, the last question that I ask anybody on the podcast is a favorite mosh related story that you would like to share. And that's like anything that's first to your head. It could be like this happened to me or I did this or you know, this is a really gruesome story or this is a very wholesome story however you want yeah. to uh start to wrap up the show here yes i definitely have a bunch of much stories but there's one that just popped in my head and like uh, i think i not not enough people know about that one okay uh so me and my very very good friend uh went to the show in ottawa uh and I was just standing on the side and he ended up mushing and like literally kicking my arm and like my arm broke right away. Like we just looked at it and we could see like a big bump and he was like, like, Oh my God, I am so sorry. And like, I knew he was not trying to like hit people and stuff right, like that. Yeah. It was literally just an accident. And like, it was so funny because like I had to drive back to Montreal and I had like a, so he was helping me driving back and like, I don't know, like it's, it, I feel like that's kind of a, and like I had a, a, a cast for like, I don't know how long and uh, it's cool. Cause like, we're still best friend and we laugh about it today, but uh, it was funny to see him holding the wheels while I was, while I was like shifting with my other arms coming back. Oh my gosh. And, stuff, and like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was a, definitely a funny mush story yeah yeah like i've i've definitely been in those cases of like hey can you hold the wheel while i can take this jacket off because it's like too hot in here but it's just like my arm is broken so we have to drive this car together (laughs) yes and he didn't have his license so oh my goodness that's so funny um Yeah. yeah yeah it's 
I know he's going to listen to it and be like, I can't believe he said it like <laughs> on a podcast, but got to do it. Yeah. 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 There's no ill feelings here. It's just, you know, shit happens. Sometimes your fragile exactly. bones can't withstand a, a good old spin <laughs> kick. Yes. And that's how it goes. Um, exactly. Max, uh, this has been a great chat. It's really great to see you and, and catch up and, and yes. reminisce. Thank you some... so much for Of course. Um, you know, all the prowl links and your links will be in the description and in the show notes. But if there's anything you want to plug, anything Thanks. you want to shout out, or anything you want to send the people off with before we go, the floor is yours, my friend. I mean, definitely want to shout out a couple bands. Like uh, I want to shout out Scorching Town for Montreal, Phase, Puffer. Uh, kiss the sky you know meantime flashback uh, i'm excited to see everyone at hold your ground and to see you as well it's been a long time uh but yeah thank you so much for inviting me and uh i had a very good time i had a very good time myself um again prowl as a band means a lot to me and uh yeah it's uh it's very it's very great to see y'all back um and i'm just very for I remember vividly after filming you guys for the second time when you came to Calgary and you were like, I was trying to buy a shirt off of you and you were just so insistent, like, take this shirt for free because you're doing all this shit for my band. And, you know, that <laughs> in, in the very early stages of scope, that meant a lot to me. And again, it's been so Dude, um, it's I'll just wait. yeah, it's it's so cool to me how like, you know, it's it all it takes is a couple crazy uh, French Canadians to drive all the way and play yes. a show and now you have a bunch of friends so um i appreciate you max and thanks for, again for coming Dude. on the podcast thanks to you <laughs>